Number one, Star Wars. Number two, comics. Number three, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But they really all sold out. Feel all together. You with me now. Hey everybody, welcome back to Nerds Ruin Everything. I'm Logan. And I'm Adam. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, a few things. Probably some Loki, definitely Frasier, and a little bit of news. Um, Yes. So, two things. Uh, First, do you believe the rumors about Universal possibly buying... Uh, Warner Brothers. I 100% do. Yeah. Um, every every lie and rumor, there's a 100% truth to it. Um, I think, like, to be perfectly honest, do you know what I think is prompting it? Like, I know this sounds very fucking weird, but it's it's the James Wan and Jason Blumhouse, like, connection, because he was so deeply embedded into Warner Brothers. Uh, yeah. James Wan was. Um, I mean, he was, like... Like, you know, every studio has like four or five, him and Nolan. I think that that is the thing that's going to push Warner Brothers into this, like, like I'm, I, I'm worried, but I feel like when you have your top, like, I mean, Wand, like, I don't think that people really understand the power of James Wan because he was probably the number one, uh, number two or three director at Warner Brothers. Um, and to let him go to Universal, and also to let Nolan go to uni- or to Universal, like that's some that's some we're gonna we're gonna sell, but also like I feel like both Nolan and Juan both have a a strong vested interest to see their properties and their work that's at Warner Brothers have a safe home, which it does not right now, like. Um, but also it just worries me because that's less and less studios. That means more and more whatever they're going to do. The only, only benefit is it pulls Warners out from under the direction of David Zaslav, who in, in just the year or so that we've been doing this podcast because he took over right before we started this podcast. Yep. Has created just a mess, an absolute mess. Like the only thing he may have done right. And really Tom will just tell there is Mm -hmm. the hiring of James Gunn. Yep. But even then, if Universal takes over, that's all that's all those contracts can be nullified, yep. nulled and voided. And to be quite honest, like, so here's the way I feel it's going to play out is Zaz has already made a billion dollars in the in, in less than the year that he's been there himself with his bonuses, with like last year giving himself a half a billion dollars and then his salary and all of the kickers that he's been getting because he's managed to 
put them into profit, but not in the way that we think that profit works. I mean, he literally has buyer sold everything. I mean, yeah. we just talk. Okay, like as an example, guys, there is a there is a Batman movie, like a Batman animated movie that's set at Christmas time, that should be an HBO Max premiere. That's like, I've seen the tra- we've seen the trailer. It looks big budget. It doesn't look like they skimped out on anything, and it's premiering on Amazon Prime. Let me say that again. It's premiering yeah. on Amazon Prime. Now, let's go ahead and unpack a little bit of it, which is means James Gunn probably had a big factor in this because he's resetting DCEU. But at the same time, you don't sell something that can just instantly, like you've already paid for it. It's already done. It's in the can. You don't, you don't sell it unless you're selling to sell. And that's... That's where I feel like those rumors are true because Zaz, what does he do best? He sells things. He breaks things apart. He's literally Richard Gere's character in in Pretty Woman. He breaks yeah. companies apart and sells them in pieces. But what, here's the thing. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go which, ahead. No, 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 no. which wouldn't be the – like it. that's the model we had before everybody had their own streaming service, right? Yes. Where yes. things scattered to the wind. And it it wasn't great, but it also wasn't terrible because you didn't have to necessarily subscribe to 18 different streaming services. Um, but c- because things rotated in and out and yeah. it, it was more or less OK. You started your own service and then Zaslav comes in. They rebrand the service, like do all of this quote stuff to upgrade it to make it better to rename it to only for you to still pick it apart and sell off the pieces and i I don't it just doesn't make sense any me anymore to me no like it would make more sense if you were just like you know what hbo is hbo we'll have the hbo and like just max is not a thing like we're just mm-hmm. we're not doing it. Like, yeah, you know, we're gonna pull all this stuff down, and we're gonna sell what we can to Prime, to Netflix, to any other service, and we're just we're not gonna do this. You know, HBO was already fairly successful uh, before streaming wise, uh, mm-hmm. before it became like the Warner Brothers channel. So. Mm-hmm. It's just it it, does, it makes zero fucking sense to me, and and I I don't yeah I just don't understand it because you weren't getting more people to sign up for your service. Okay, I got that, um, but you're just sending all your content elsewhere. Then why have the fucking service? <laughs> like. Just dismantle the whole thing Exactly But It's so stupid And complicated And just ridiculous That I don't I don't understand it Like I don't even think I honestly don't even think Zaz knows what he's doing To be perfectly honest Me either Like I think that this is all Like he thought that it was going to be great And everybody was going to bow to his bullshit And then when they didn't 
it became this whole thing of like, why don't people like me? Uh, because you know the frailest ego, uh, other than a like, other than like, the frailest ego actually of all, other than a dictator or fascist, uh, a fascist fucking dictatorship, is a billionaire. Yeah. I mean, look at we, we're seeing we're seeing CEOs, it with Elon. <laughs> yeah, look, look at what's happening to look look what's Elon. All you yeah. have to do is look at that fucking stooge and a half and see what he's done. And how he's like, he's incapable, like, they are incapable of, of understanding and correcting problems that they've created. Oh, they're great about blaming. And they're great yeah. about like, making sure that other other like other people's problems are not only resolved, but they make sure that at every point we understood who that fucking person's problem, who, who the, per- uh, the problem started with, right? That's what billionaires do because that's them. They're they're the sycophantic vampires that people like love. Like they're like, and I don't get it. Like I don't get why people love these billionaires other than they have money and a lifestyle that you want. But it's like, why are you loving Jeff Bezos? There's no reason to love Jeff Bezos. Mm. Like like there's nothing like Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg. But anywho. Um, it, it's it's about- the same people that idolize uh, fictional characters like Homelander. <laughs> so it's very I'm true. Like, it's or, very or, fucking true. Or Walter White. Um, yeah, <laughs> who is a great character, but not he's not the good. Like I had this conversation this past week uh, with some people at work, and they were like, "What?" Uh-huh. I was like, "He's not the good guy." Like really? I'm not saying he's evil i'm just saying he's not the good guy like he, he the, like i don't understand why you I understand why you're you find it compelling and interesting and but i don't understand why you like hero worship this guy um like even in the end really the only thing he was doing was trying to uh make up for the fact that i mean he fucked up Jesse Pinkman's life. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it, it's now, I mean, there's a chance, you know, Pinkman's life it, it doesn't, you know, go as far as it does without Walter White, but it's still like, I mean, he, he, he wrecked this dude. So like, yeah, yeah. he should go save him. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I also think that in terms of it, it sounds really, really weird to say mm-hmm. this because there's there's so much streaming stuff. Netflix has kind of done an absolute shit job in like just being a good service anyway. Like when I log on to Netflix <laughs> yeah, now, I'm just like, I don't even know what the fuck you're showing me like because none of this is the stuff i want to see like yep. I, I i don't get it um warner or uh hbo max had i thought had gotten pretty good and yes. then of course they rebranded restructured whatever that and i i don't think it's very good now um and i know i've said this before i really think peacock 
is one of the better services. Oh, it is. It definitely is. Like, uh, I mean, um, (laughs) it's because, like, okay, so the pool of, like, okay, so, like, a streaming service, I feel, is only as good as its pool of, like, how big their pool is and how much you can control it. And I feel like, like, Peacock right now has this perfect balance of content, like, it's not the vastness that is Netflix or HBO Max now, because or Max, whatever the fuck you want to call it, because they have too much content. And I know that sounds weird, right? Because if you can't, like, Peacock has the right amount of content. Like, you can go through it, and it might take you an hour, but you can go through every single one of their films, right? Like, you can actually scroll through everything, right, in about an hour. And when I log on, it shows me things where I'm just like, oh, yeah, that looks interesting. Because the pool because the pool is smaller than the vast ocean of Max and Netflix. Like I have like, okay, so like here's a thing, right? I've watched every single Flanagan verse thing. Right. And including this new one. Right. Like, I mean, we talked about it, but here's the thing. Is that when I logged on to Netflix on an alt, like, because I have a couple of users, because like I I like to like kind of sometimes separate things, and I have a horror one that's specifically for horror, right? So you would think that these fucking assholes would on my horror channel or my horror username, like, no, oh, Flanagan's a big fucking deal. We should have it on every single thing that even has a remote yeah, chance no. of being no. Not at all. It wasn't there. It wasn't there. It's I when it, I logged on to Netflix. When did it? Pre- it premiered this week, right? So yes, uh, Thursday, Thursday, okay. uh, Thursday night. Yeah, I was uh, tooling around on Netflix looking for uh, something to watch uh, last night, and uh, there were there were it was not. Now I don't watch a lot of horror stuff, but like mm-hmm. generally his stuff had been promoted in the past and I knew it was yeah. there and it it's not in my feed. Whereas I feel like were that show on Peacock, like it would be one of the first things, especially because it's October. Like they, yes. they Peacock did a pretty good job. Uh, now I haven't logged on. Uh, I don't, cause I don't think I'm watching anything on there currently. Um, uh-huh. But I haven't logged on there in a while. Um, but uh, in the past, especially in October, I would log log on to Peacock and it would be like, oh, hey, it's spooky season. Here's this. Here's that. Here's this. Here's that. Yep. Um, it's like even Disney. Well, even Disney yeah. Plus has that. Well, you and, know? and like and Paramount Plus, you know what's on the front screen of Paramount Plus as soon as you log in? All the screen movies. Yeah. And Friday, like, and whatever Friday the 13th that they have, like, literally, they are pimping their shit, right? Um, Max and Netflix, and that's yeah, how it, like, they sound. Like, it's literally like, what? It, yeah. it, it's like. They, they, they're just, they're doing a shit job at it. Um, they really are. And, and like, in like, fumbling the ball, if. My horror, like, I can only imagine, like, if my horror shit is not showing the Flanagan, the this newest Flanagan, like, it, they're fumbling the ball 
I mean, that show, it's not only super expensive, but it's good. It's horrifying. It's it's a little thirsty and a little heated. It's got a component, like some new component. Like it's prime designed to be like consumed by everybody that's consumed all of his stuff before. So I don't understand where the hell this is coming from, right? Like how this is working. Like how is your algorithm? Obviously your algorithm sucks, right? Because I, I don't know, man, like, I can't, I can't get a beat on it. Like, I literally cannot get a beat on it. Like, I don't understand. I literally do not understand anything that's happening on that, on that service. Um, I mean, how even Hulu, Hulu has like a whole section. It's like a spooky season section. That's what they call it. They call it spooky season. And you click on it and guess what the, guess what the first couple of things are. Um, the boogeyman, the, the King adaptation with Dustin Matchlin. I still Um, want to see that. Uh, yeah, well, 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 we we will have to talk about it. Um, Brian Duffield's "No One Will Save You," um, which, which I do want to see. You have to see that. Yeah, like that one. Yeah, um, I mean, because Duffield's great. I mean, it, and it's everything that Duffield does, right? Like, like if you've ever seen Spontaneous, like his, his the the last thing he wrote, uh, which is basically a John Hughes film. But instead of it just being about John Hughes, like like romantic stuff, it's that. But also, like kids are po- spontaneously exploding. Like it's it's a fucking wild ass great fucking movie um, that he wrote. <clears throat> so, but like you go on to Hulu and all of their shit is like quarantined and going like here you go here's your here's your shit. Um, it just it goes to like the confusion like we like if they're starting to like we're starting to hear the rumors of why. Aquaman 2 has been so like has been delayed and it's not because of all of these little things that are happening it's because it's like a terribly confused movie a terribly confused movie one that they keep on shooting the ending for that they can't figure out so much so that it's like what what is happening there how is that possible how do you make Aquaman work and Aquaman 2 not like how is that possible um but it's like that's the kind of thing that we're dealing that that hbo is or i'm sorry warner brothers is dealing with like the only thing the only reason i don't i don't even know how barbie came out unscathed like let's be honest like how did it come out unscathed it had to be mattel man like it had to be mattel it, it like it had to be produced like that production was like like you said like that makes sense it's purely mattel like mattel was like we control everything you're just distributing this shit right. let us handle it let let your writer and director do the thing that they're going to do let margaret roby do the thing that they do and we will be the tastemakers with them which makes sense because yeah. like the interesting thing with mattel is like they're almost like the anti-Hasbro. Yeah. Like if you really think about it, because like Hasbro has had nothing but problems in Hollywood, right, with making their movies. Um, but that's a that's a smart summation of it. Um, like yeah, I'm just like, good lord, like this is just this is this is yeah. madness. And like the saddest part is is that like of the classic studios, Warner's like to me is like the heart. Like that's like I, I agree. Uh, it's the one that I always kind of just was like, well, it, it'll exist on its own. Like it'll always yeah. just exist on its own. And the idea that now it's just gonna be 
this another conglomerate Warner Universal or whatever they decide to call it is, mm-hmm. you know. And of course, you you have other people screaming like Disney needs to buy it. No. Yeah, uh, Disney's got its hands full right now. So, yeah, <laughs> like, adding to... another studio is not going to help their problem. <laughs> like, well, they have to write so many ships right now. The Pixar ship, the Marvel ship, and the Star Wars ship all need correcting. <laughs> yes, and they and and it's like they are their studio. They like what I don't think that people are just looking at. They want DC versus Marvel. And you yeah. know what do I say to those people? Fuck and you. Yeah, because, I... like, you guys already got your goddamn wish with Fox Fox Disney. And you know what happened, happened guys? People lost their fucking jobs. Thousands of people lost their jobs yeah. because your little goddamn wish. Because you wanted you wanted Mutados to be back with 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 the mouse well you Which know what happens still i think a horrible idea <laughs> yes we're about to find out we're we like the venn diagram of fucking around and finding out about this is about to happen within the, the next two or three years all of those characters exist in the same comic book universe and for the better part of all of their existence the x-men have always been like separate like they're there mm-hmm. But it's the the we don't talk about Bruno thing. <laughs> exactly. Know? It's like hey, he's uh, here somewhere. Um, like they'll show up if we need them. Uh, and it, when you try to mix those two, it, it's not peanut butter and chocolate. <laughs> they don't make no, Reese's not. cups. It just creates more problems. But uh, I I think we're about to really find that out in the next five years. Um, because yeah. they are I. I have a lot of faith in Kevin Feige. I don't think it's a problem he can solve. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. But here's a question I have for you, okay? Like, I feel like that's... Okay, I feel like the X-Men thing has been his bug up his ass, has been his uh, white whale since he was a PA yeah. at, Don, at the Donner Company. So he's going to put... Like, my question to you is this. Like, he's wanted the X-Men to do the X-Men right for so long. Do we think that that's going to make the other parts of, like... Do it we will think, lessen like, I, I, everything else, 100%. Well, okay. That, that will become the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is the X-Men. Because the well, okay. X-Men are just too big. Okay, so, like, here, like... Do we think that it's already taking his time away? Because remember, like we what what I always feel is like, and this is something that I just started thinking about, like with the new added wrinkle of like, okay, so why are we having problems with the MCU? And the thing is, is that Feige is always about what three to four years ahead because he has to because he's the main ship he's the guidance right so he's developing all this stuff now mind you let's go ahead and not even unpack the fact that he's having problems with stuff right now in the current mcu but he's also probably more like is it is it conceivable to you that right now they are currently working on how to bring the x-men here right and then they're trying to map it out and he's so distracted with the the greatness that is the once and future king that is X Men 
that he's distracted from the things that are right in front of him that he really needs to solve, which is the clusterfuck that's happened now with the MCU where he's got his hands in too many things. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. Like uh, the, just the, the idea of how you introduce characters who I mean, it, it's their logline, protecting a world that hates and fears them, when mm-hmm. the world that, quote, hates and fears them has had characters like them in it for so long. And, and honestly, they've ha- they had a few opportunities, but because of the right situation, they're, they, those opportunities are, are blown. Like, I... I my personal opinion, the snap and the five years later is the opportunity to introduce the X-Men because then you have this backlash of like, yeah, we loved and trusted heroes and basically what they brought, you know, not really, but I can see a, uh, a mob mentality of like what we got for that was our loved ones disappearing off the planet um just all of that chaos and so like oh well now here are these people with these you know natural mutant abilities that you know some of which are just uh could be catastrophic so this major backlash from the heroes and that's not what we've gotten at all um because the rights were not to wear they could take advantage of it at that time because everything's planned so far ahead. So now we probably won't see the X-Men until after uh, Secret Wars. And yeah, I feel like Secret Wars is going to be the thing that unlocks them. Yeah. Like, because, I mean, we've heard the rumors of who's who supposedly, like, what the overarc, what the arc is with with the um secret wars with the like uh kang and uh, the rise of kang and and secret wars which is is that you know the new iteration of uh the new iteration of the avengers is crushed and then uh variants from different uh multiverses have to come in and help the remaining avengers get into the not like into like the king arena but to figure out a way to to figure out a way to actually resolve the issue and those specific people depending on who you've heard it from are as wild as the toby version of spider-man along with uh wolverine uh, and deadpool to the fantastic four um to uh, like like even i've heard the stupid wild thing of the x-men which is i just feel is like ridiculous uh but anywho um like but i mean like like it's just so weird how yeah. everything is kind of becoming a clusterfuck like it really is right like there's just there's no if ends or buts about this yeah I, I, it, it's um, it, it is crazy how there was a point in time where we thought, oh, the, I mean, it's like, I, I imagine this is what it was like being on the Titanic, where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, we're on this massive ship. Everything is going great. Skies look clear, smooth sailing. 
We're going to be like, this is going to be great. Let's go have a good time. And then without you even knowing it, the ship hit a fucking iceberg and you're just like, wait, what's happening? Like what, what, where's all this Mm -hmm. water coming from? And and it's just like, how are we going to get out of this? (laughs) Like (laughs) without literally just sinking the ship, like, at some point, you know, Warner Brothers definitely, like, was like, oh, well, we just got to let the ship sink and head back to the dock and build a new one. Like, I, I don't know that Disney or Feige or anybody involved over there wants to do that with Marvel because, like, it worked so well for so long. But at some point, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, um, like, at- yeah, like at some point you have to fucking step in. Like to be honest, like there has to be a point where you step in and go, "Okay, guys, um we like everything, but it's not the same." And uh we're going to have to stop this and they're going to have to do at least okay, slow so like, it down. Just down. slow it way down. Mhm. And like but the thing is is that like as we know, it wasn't probably fight it was probably it was probably Feige and Iger because Iger yeah. got greedy. Like, let's be honest. Like, like I'm. I mean, as much as like you know, as much as I'm okay with Iger. Like, the thing is, is that like if you look at, at everything that happened with Iger, the only reason why he's like considered so great is because he had a run of great luck. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't him. It was luck. I don't give yeah. a shit what anybody says. I mean, um, Eisner was the same way, right? Yeah, because like, he was touted so for so long as like like this guy like bringing Disney back to the golden age like the 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 best since Walt and like it, he was just you know he's running the hell out of this studio and it's like yeah but I mean really you just you got lucky like everything that was in the pipeline just hit like it was all just good stuff hit at the right time and and like you kept trying to strike that iron and then you wound up with like uh i don't remember if he was still there but like home on the range and it's just everybody's like what the fuck is this (laughs) like i don't see a movie about roseanne as a talking cow (laughs) you know uh, uh, I mean, yeah. And, and also, you know, it's like, it's the thing of like, no, it wasn't Iser. Do you know who it was? It, it it was Alan Minkin. It was Rob Clements. It was Robin Williams. It was uh, Robbie Benson. Um, it was f- fucking, um, what's her name? Uh, old lady, Murder, She Wrote. Um, Beauty and the Beast, Mrs. Potts. Jesus yeah. Christ, I can't think of her uh, name. Um, Angela Lansbury. It was the creatives. I mean, it goes back to the fucking same thing we talked about. We've talked about during the strike, which is, is it's not CEOs. Stop that shit. They are awful human beings. Stop it. Stop fucking making these people into these demigods that you're making them. You know who you should make them make demigods out of are the people that took took these projects and lifted them up to. Um, uh, two legendary statuses like Alan Meekin 
like deserves all of the like deserves all of the money that Eisner and Katzenberg got because he was the one that wrote the goddamn songs for for the Little Mermaid, uh, yeah. Beauty and the Beast, like every single thing that we think of, like you know the Lion King, um, every single piece of the disney like modern era what we think of as classics that they're remaking into live terrible live action movies yeah the reason why they 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 the reason why you sing beauty and the beast the reason why is not because of celine dion it's because of alan lincoln and howard ashman i mean howard ashman may he rest in peace um it's it's the same thing that like you know the worst problem about disney and the worst problem about the CEO, uh, uh, this the CEO of it all, is Walt Disney himself. As soon yeah. as he became that, like, oh, Uncle Walt, it fucked everybody over. It, it really did. Every piece, every every true yeah. creative, you know, like Uncle Walt, seal of approval. He was a genius. No, he wasn't. He was just a dude that so knew. Opportunistic. That's, <laughs> exactly. He opportunistic. Was... Slightly anti-Semitic. Elon, Elon Musk, man. Elon Musk. Yes. <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh. you're not the genius. You were just the guy who, like, your genius was seeing the opportunity of it all, you know? Yes. It, it, it's it, it's very, yeah, it, it, it's so weird uh, to think it, it goes back to something like that. Um but uh, so the other the other big news story to change lanes a little bit. Um, no, no, absolutely. Is uh, but <laughs> no less depressing. Best Buy has said that yeah. they uh, will be stopping sales of physical media in their stores, also probably on their websites, uh, and that comes shortly after Target seemed to doing the same yeah um speaking of bezos uh and then like bezos basically the only uh, the only game in town um from what i've understood like retail like from what i understood distributors have been basically told but not told that the per the 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 company that they're probably going to be dealing with other than brick and mortars and the various the 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 few home video places that are left um is amazon yep. which makes sense because um warner brothers with their their on-demand title um like manufacturing title thing uh archive when warner brothers decided to close shop they didn't really close shop. They just sent it over to Amazon. Right. And now Amazon is thriving with with their market. And like the other thing is, is that what people don't realize is, is that Amazon has consumed the home video market, the physical home video market. So like it's not good. Like that you have one person in town that's that's basically, you know, like no more wall. Like I hear Walmart is still like, I mean, they're crazy. Like Walmart yes. is just fucking nuts. They're, they'll be in that. They'll be in that, like the way that they were, like with VHS, right? Like, do you remember, like, like when Blu-ray was, like, like when Blu-ray came around in around two thousand and eight, they were still selling VHS tapes, yeah. which was wild to me. But 
thank God for Walmart, right? Because they will they will always be there. As you weird like as it is to say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, because they are like, that's the thing. Like they're like Walmart, for better or for worse, is Amazon's primary competition, right? When you don't want to like when you're when you're a, like I hate using when you're an old person and you don't know anything about Amazon and you don't know how to order stuff. You're going you to Walmart, man. Walmart, you're going to Walmart. You're walking in like Walmart is essentially is essentially, you know, Amazon brick and mortar. Even though Amazon has brick and mortars, um, it's just too complex for old people, you know? It's like, my phone is going to take money from me? Are you fucking kidding me? This is the apocalypse. Like, um, like I can only imagine what old folks think that that barely have, like, a flip phone, right? Like, they have the grandpa phone. Like, I, like any site, like, you can go to any cellular carrier, and if you really wanted to, you could get a flip phone, a brick phone, from them because they keep those around because they there's a huge business for senior citizens yep. who don't want a fucking smartphone and it don't and and guys they do not look like smartphones they are not smartphones they are literally flip phones like the like you know all of those little gen y kids and all those gen z kids the little little fucking little i have a flip phone how, how did they get that it's because they got the senior phone yeah. um and yeah it's like it's wild. Like it's wild to me, and it's very sad because I really like. Now, here's the thing: I don't think that physical media is going to go away. We have too many boutique labels we have that are making way too much money off of shitty movies that we're spending forty nine ninety nine for. As an example, I sent you something, a movie I feel like we both have a love for. Uh, which is the Super Mario Brothers movie, which yeah. is a terrible fucking movie, right? I just sent Logan something about an Australian uh, Blu-ray label that is making a super deluxe 4K UHD edition of Super Mario Brothers the movie. A movie that was one of the biggest bombs of all time when it came out is now getting that release. And it's and, and you kind of just so want to be like, well, I, yeah, I want that. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, Arrow's done a pretty good job. Like, yeah, they've had like the the higher end. Like, oh, I know that movie, but then like the one uh, I brought it up here before uh, was that I came across. It was just like, holy shit, was the was it called My Best Friends of Vampire or whatever? Vampire, yeah. And I was just like, I I forgot this movie. Like, I I would at some point in time have convinced myself. That that movie was something I made up in my head, and here it is on this like 4K Blu-ray release, and and like it's so bizarre. But and uh, honestly, like as much as I don't love paying forty dollars for a 4K or a Blu-ray, or I I would rather do that and keep these boutique labels in business, and and also get things that are worth having. Like even mm-hmm. if the movie sucks, like the I I bought the is it Arrow that did the Mallrats release not too yes. long ago? Yeah, yeah like the I bought and the Blue yeah, Ray. I bought their mm-hmm. Mallrats release, and I'm like, it it's so like there's so much there, and it it's it is like a bunch of little Criterion labels, and mm-hmm. without the the qualification of like like i get why 
mall rats wouldn't be a criterion collection movie you know like i understand that but yeah that doesn't mean i don't want it to get that kind of treatment and to to pay like good money to have these uh boutique labels like preserving this stuff and have it out there like i'm all for but what i really don't like is now not ever being able to just come across that stuff yeah like being able to walk into best buy which for the longest time you could do like on any given tuesday because tuesday mm-hmm. is new release go in there and see what the newest stuff was and see what newest edition even even though if you didn't track it with some of the websites that we have now like that we had but i mean like back in the day when it was like the dvd era it was just like going in and seeing what the newest releases were or getting your best buy flyer on sunday and looking at it and verifying what's out yeah. so that you could buy it um it's just not there anymore um and i'm sorry if like i'm physical me like so I feel like what's going to happen is more than anything, what's going to happen is, is that we're going to like, we're going to go more into that vinyl model of things, right? Where smaller companies like Arrow are going to get major releases. And guess what? Like to our benefit, they will have, they will come back and give the criterion treatment to like you know, whatever you want, like whatever current releases out there, they'll give it a big splashy release, but it's going to cost you $50. So you're going to have to be picky and choosy about what you want to buy. Like, you know, like I, like we've talked about vinyl before, like, like we definitely, like I definitely have specific tastes, like nothing like being a vinyl collector to really solidify what you like in music. Right. And being a little bit more choosy about it. And, um, and I think that it's going to be a lot like that now. Which is sad because there's going to be an entire generation that's not going to be until they're like in their 20s. They're going to realize that there's a bunch of physical media out there and that's going to cost them thousands of dollars to buy because like they want it and it's no longer on a streaming service. Like, I mean, that's why I'm keeping my shit. Like I have, like you know like i have a collection that is embarrassingly large right not as large as some people but i have an embarrassing large curated <laughs> collection. <do> scott <laughs> yeah seriously i mean scott has i just buy everything <laughs> yeah no that's that's literally what he does like yeah. as long as it's not a major release i buy everything and it's like wow like i i, I can't i can't like i know i can't i, I have a budget but and I also review things, which is also a nice kicker because I get a lot of stuff, not for free. I have to review it, but I mean, I get a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like, like I'm planning on keeping everything that I have unless I have to sell it for financial reasons, right? Yeah. Um, and but it's nice knowing, like the thing is, is like my wife finally understands after a couple of years of like you know of of being married with me and we talking about like, this stuff. She understands have all this stuff, and I'm like, yeah, cause like I'm. Mean, it's not much different than owning books, man. Yeah. Like, you know, cause you don't know when some asshole is just gonna come along and just be like, eh, we're not gonna print that anymore, or yeah, just. 
whatever. The the most baffling thing to me about like the Target and the Best Buy thing, and, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm just not understanding from a retailer perspective. First of all, there is now zero fucking reason for me to ever walk into a Best Buy. Target, yes, yeah. Target sells clothes. They sell housewares. They sell like vinyl. <laughs> yeah, well, not anymore. They're doing away with that too. Um, oh, they are. Yeah, oh, they're damn. total total uh, eradication of their media center. Um, what about games like video games? Uh, the games, I think they'll still sell. Oh, um, I mean, not that I buy that shit. Yeah, man. that's the thing. I don't like unless I know somebody has it on sale. Like, I yeah. don't. I order. I I would just order my games off Amazon because generally I'm gonna get like ten to twenty percent off anyway. If it's not on sale at Target or, or I'm just I'm not going there to buy it. I'll just wait a few days and get it in the mail. Um, yes. So because I'm not going to play it right away, right? Right. Or I'm right. not going to watch like even well like and then then here's the thing is that if you pre-order them like and this is I, I know we're we're terrible right like because we're damning uh, uh, yeah. Amazon but at the same time if you pre-order it like I'm getting my Spider-Man two on Friday. Yeah. Like next Friday, like the 20th, right? Like I'm getting it that day because they guarantee delivery that day. Yeah. Which I've never had a problem with. Knock on wood, knock on particle board, I should say. Um, right. But so yeah. it, 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 you know, I, it, it's like, it's like a piracy thing. It's like, I don't want to pirate things. I don't want to buy from Amazon. But you're putting my back against the wall, man. And now yeah. I don't have a choice. So, um, but like the baffling, most baffling thing to me is the last time I went to Best Buy, the Blu-ray section, it wasn't more than a couple of racks and it didn't take up that much space. Same with Target, man. How much free space are you clearing up to do what with? What 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 am I going in there? I I'm not buying a fucking washing machine or a dryer from Best Buy. Yeah. Like I might I, I did buy my laptop. Like I would go there to look for a laptop. But But if you if you shop right like if you went on to Dell, like like and like like there's no need, like, like on big ticket, like, you know, at this point, is there really a need? If you're going to take away things from me that I like, that I like to do, what is there for me to go over there to you when I can go direct to the vendor, right? Like, if I yeah. know that I'm going to buy, if I know that I'm going to buy a razor, right? Alienware. What, what stops me from going to alienware.com and getting probably a better deal? Because Best Buy is no longer Best Buy. Like, right? Like, I don't think yeah. it's... it's like you you're know. just lessening the reasons for me to go in your stupid store anyway. So yeah. like now I'm just not going to want to go at all. And and I mean and again, what what are you expanding into that space because I don't I don't know and I know every Best Buy is different but like the the phone section already takes mm-hmm. up a nice chunk of real estate. Yep. The houseware section takes up a nice chunk of real estate. 
The video game section takes up a nice chunk of real estate. The uh, laptops and computers section. The TV section. Like, what are you adding to this that you needed to take away the very minimal real estate? Which, and rightfully so, physical media sales declined massively with the rise of mm-hmm. streaming. I understand why there's less real estate. I don't understand why you're doing away with it. Target, same thing. But most targets I've been into in the last three years, the media section has involved like maybe a rack of books, some manga, a couple of uh, racks of DVDs, a small vinyl section, and then like some, you know, maybe some DVD box sets. And it was very, very minimal. What yeah. are you adding? What are you Nothing. adding? Uh, m- more everything other than than physical media. Like, it, like to be perfectly honest, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, it really is baffling to me. Like, you literally sit there and go, what are you doing like like realistically what are you doing and the 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 answer is i don't fucking know and i don't think that anybody knows least of all them because you know like Do do you think walmart now gets a bigger stake in like the exclusive market because i feel like best buy and target had a were the like the two big footholds for like still books or yeah like th- these weird Walmart would have some but it would be like Walmart's exclusive has like uh, like it comes with like a light up button or something it was <laughs> yeah. it was very like the carnival prize of exclusives <laughs> um so I I wonder if they step in and take uh, take some of that or if amazon immediately goes we now have those exclusives um i i do like the idea of there being less of those um because, like at one point in that time i think i own like four copies of deadpool 2 because i was like i want the target exclusive wait i want that best buy steel book oh wait i want this one um you know and th- that's me being stupid but i do like the idea of there being less of that but well, that's it so, <laughs> so okay so i see it going um like okay so like recently there's been a weird and really uh, actually awesome development in um the, the the mini majors like you know like the independent but not like not independent money based like production companies like i'm thinking about a24 neon um where they've started to create their own physical media editions like a24 like they're like i've shown you their um everything everywhere and all at once edition it's like a beautiful book bound book uh 4k with a whole bunch of special features that they custom designed and produced for themselves um like steelbook is such a big entity that i could see them just opening an online shop and doing it themselves because they're a distributor, right? That makes these things and collabs with artists from what I understand. 
I could see them either going for the meantime, going with Walmart and Walmart will gladly take it. Right. Like, or Amazon, Amazon will gladly take it. I know that actually, I know for a fact that Amazon actually has been testing the waters because they have the Sony steelbooks that they're selling exclusively. How do I know that? Because I just bought a, um, I just bought the, um, Lawrence of Arabia, uh, 4k, which I've been hunting for for months because it's a, it, like it's only an exclusive steelbook, and they only print a limited number, and then they go quickly out of of print. And it was bugging the shit out of me from Best Buy. And then all of a sudden, I heard that um, uh, Sony was giving their exclusive rights to Amazon, and all of a sudden, because of the way that Amazon's mechanisms work, and they have a better app. I mean, I was instantly like, as soon as it went on sale, I was able to buy it at retail. Right before it sold out and went back to two hundred dollars a disc or two hundred dollars a set. So I could also see also Amazon taking over more companies' exclusive steelbooks, right? Like which, again, like you're shrinking the market, but also you know, um, like I said, like A twenty four has got the kind of the perfect model is that you make these like you release a, a normal edition through whatever. And then that hyped edition, that beautiful edition that we all want, you make it yourself. Like I could see like, and they're making a profit off of it from everything that I've read, like a good profit. Right. Um, But then again, that, that promotes studios having to make good product. And oftentimes we don't get really good product from, from studios, you know, like it's the rare, it's the rare one or two. And as we know, Studios just love to push shit, right? They just love to push everything. Yeah. Um, the Bare Bones Blu-ray DVD releases were, are so rampant, and that's fine because the price had dropped so much. But like, you know, early days of DVDs, man, they were like, we just got to pack this thing full of stuff. We got to have like yes. three commentary tracks, all the deleted scenes, maybe a, a small behind-the-scenes documentary, and like, you know. And now it's just like, oh, it it might have uh, like a, a ten minute featurette and maybe a commentary track or deleted scenes if you're lucky. But uh, you know, <laughs> it, trailers, yeah, trailers like your, that's what the new special your trailer. Are. So yeah. so yeah, I, um, I don't know. It's gonna be real interesting. Um, to see how all of this shakes out uh you know it it never shakes out like i think it's going to or like i hope it's going to like yeah you know i i thought covid it would kill the movie theater business and we'd see major changes when when everything started to bounce back and really we didn't we just saw more of the same um just with less theaters um yeah uh it's gonna be interesting um you brought up paramount plus when we're talking about streaming services Mm -hmm. and uh i've been paying for a paramount plus subscription for i don't know how long at this point and i always forget and uh i got to log on to my paramount plus this week because (laughs) uh the new fraser series premiered and yes, a lot of people talking about it. A lot of people saying, oh, my God, they've they've now ruined Frasier retroactively. 
Um, it was the first two episodes. And maybe it was all the doom and gloom. And so by the time I watched it, I was just like, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I have not really... Um, I've not... I, because... Okay, so like... Because of the fact that these legacy sequels are so problematic oftentimes, um, I did not actually watch the trailer or actually know what the storyline is. Can you give me the elevator pitch for this version of Frasier? All right, so uh, you got to kind of remember where the Frasier series left off, which was him on a plane going to Chicago. Basically, he was going to get his own show. Um, and so that's what happens. And he became, he basically became Dr. Phil. Oh, okay. Massively, massively successful. The show was ended. The person he was married to left him. He's older. He, he flies back. The The show opens with him getting off a plane in Boston, um, having flown to Boston in a layover because he's Mm -hmm. going to Paris because he's decided like he's he's old his show is done he has tons of money I think he's going to give like a guest lecture um at uh uh, I forget the university Uh, maybe something like that um and he's stopping over in Boston. He's got a layover. His his nephew, Niles' son, is with mm-hmm. him. Um, okay. And he's going to go see Freddie, his son. Uh, he's flying from Seattle because his father has passed away. Uh, of course, we lost John Mahoney a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and I like the fact that they address that just immediately. Just like... You know, we we just uh, like a friend meets him at the airport and he's like, really sorry to hear about your dad. And so we find out that Freddie did not go to the funeral. Oh, okay. And so Frazier wants to reunite with his son and, and kind of just be like, what the hell, kid? Yeah. Like you didn't go to your grandfather's funeral. Um. And the first two episodes are basically that, him trying to reconnect with his son. Uh, I mean, through sitcom things, basically what winds up happening is that he realizes he's partly to blame for them drifting apart. He's going to forego his trip to Paris, take this, like, trumped-up job at Harvard, and stay in boston and try to reconnect with this kid oh oh okay interesting freddie dropped Mm -hmm. out of harvard and went the way of his grandfather not his father and his uncle oh Uh, so he became a cop well he became a firefighter okay thank god thank god because like (laughs) boston based i'm a co-op I'm co-op. Uh, like, I, I think, couldn't handle, bro. I just I, couldn't handle. I think that they 
did the right thing there. Just, you know, current, like, cop, uh, police, like, you get the uh, yeah. propaganda accusations. and So, like, pivoting to, like, he's a firefighter is, is very interesting. Um, he's still a, a smart, smart kid, um, or a young man, I guess, at this point, or... Well, I think he's supposed to be like in his 30s, I guess. Um, and Frazier basically just buys the building that he lives in and moves in next door to him. <laughs> that is so toxic, dude. Yeah. Like, 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 oh, man, that is so hilarious, but so kind of perfect for. Like okay, bo- like the okay boomer generation. Yeah. Like yeah. Like that's like, like okay. So can I ask something? Is the tone okay? So like, here's the thing: is that like the thing that made Fraser, I feel like, so popular with our generation is the how can I put it? It's the it's the it's the it's not even quiet. It's the it's the not it's the psychology arm like the the psychology sitting on the chair tone of the show but this sounds like it's it's doesn't have that and it has more of the rowdiness of cheers it does okay that's what i was wondering like like is it gonna be a point where fucking fraser like where fraser buys the cheers bar no i I think they're wisely staying away from like he mentions his days, his old days in Boston, but I think they're probably going to stay away from the cheer stuff, at least for the time being. But like Frasier itself did. Like there might have been one episode in the first season that like involved anybody from Cheers. And even then, I think it was probably Lilith. Um, so, it, yeah, I, I appreciate that it's more in the vein of cheers is like comedic props and more like blue collary but like it fraser is still the butt of most of the jokes okay you know like he's not he's not getting over on anybody it really he's still just you know for all his like pomp and circumstance like there's a fun little bit in the second episode where uh basically what happens is Fraser won't Fraser of course but he like I said he buys the building he has the largest apartment in the building Freddie is sharing an apartment with someone so Fraser like keeps insisting that Freddie come live with him and you get kind of what you had in the first Frasier episodes when Frasier's dad comes to live with him where it's like okay this mixture of blue collar and uh I mean Frasier's not even white collar it, like it's just highfalutin yeah. like just whatever bullshit um and and they kind of, they clash in that way but like Freddie isn't John Mahoney. So it, it doesn't turn into this like, uh, like fight and like 
kind of this fuck you attitude. I don't have to live here. I like just put me out the pasture, like whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Freddie like undermines Frazier like at any chance he can. Like uh, there's a, a funny bit where uh, uh, they, they are supposed to compromise on a dining room table and Freddie just goes out and buys a, a air hockey table as their dining room oh. table. It's pretty funny. Um, like he, it, it's like that. Um, okay. Where he just, he's just kind of giving it back to him instead of like just grousing and uh, grumbling. And like, he's just like, Oh wait, no, I have my own money. I can move my things. You know, I like, I don't, I'm not an old feeble man, you know, with a cane, like mm-hmm. you, you're not going to bulldoze me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So it, it's charming. It's not Frasier, but Frasier also wasn't Cheers, you know? No, it wasn't. It was very different. Like, and, like, like to be perfectly honest, it is very, very um, different, right? Um, yeah. They're they're almost like like I said, like like it's like the difference between being in a bar and being in a therapy uh, in a in a like a, a therapist's office like that's literally the tone and i think that that's what so many people loved about the show like especially like like you know like we like i know that you love the show and we also share a friend that that loved the show too is spencer i mean spencer adores yeah. that show and i feel like knowing as much as i know about spencer i feel like the, like he is like actually literally the test case subject of like like the tone of Frasier is specifically why he loved it so much. Um, though I could be wrong. Um, this sounds like, like you said, like it's it's a different tone because it's dictating things differently. Now, question for you. Is there room for Niles? Is Niles going to find a way to be there? Um, so Niles' son is, is, seems to be the stand-in for this. Okay. He's not. Niles, like I, nobody is David Hyde Pierce, man. No, like I think it's to the detriment that, like, that's the one thing to the detriment of this show is that mm. Frazier does not have a counterpart, part like a, a co conspirator in his like um snobbishness. Yeah, so it, it just it, it doesn't work as well because that's what made Frazier so great was that they were in on the snobbishness together and yes. often it would wind up pitting them against each other. Uh, I, you're not going to have that here. I don't think that the character of Niles' son, whose name I'm blanking on, um, I don't think he really works. Like they're trying to make him, a version of Niles and it just doesn't really work. He's more, uh, it's a little too like C3PO ish, like very stilted and stiff. And Niles was stiff, but not, not in that way. Um, no, no, no. He, he was pompous with a stick up his ass. I mean, like, it's like being stilted and being pompous are two very different things. I mean, like what I loved about Frazier is the whole thing of the boys getting like the boys being elitist in a way that 
their father never could be. And their father kind of like the comedy to me and the, the wholesomeness of it is him going, who are these kids? Like it's the, it's the, um, <laughs> what's the, it's the, um, talking heads. Oh, uh, this is not my beautiful wife. This is not my beautiful life. Yeah. Oh, uh, where have they, where has it gone? Because like, they're so the antithesis of their, of their, of their father, um, which like, it feels like, like, okay, okay. Like the other question I have, like the big question I have is, um, Kelsey Grammer, like, has he lost a step or is he like John Goodman where it's just like an old, it's it's just like an old jacket. So I I think it's very much like, you know, like John Goodman and playing Dan Connor, like, yeah, that's what you I'm saying. Just yeah. Put that on, and it's just like, oh yeah, yeah, he's still there. Like, it, it's still, still work. Like, you know, I, it, I mean, it, it sounds weird to say any kind of spoilers because it's not really spoilery stuff. But like, there, there's this whole bit of like Freddie's roommate um, is a female with a child, um, and that's a whole storyline. I won't spoil that, but okay. Um, she discovers that the sound of Fraser's voice puts her child to sleep. <laughs> and so she's oh, no. constantly trying to get around Fraser because uh-huh. she's just, you know, she's a mom with a screaming baby. The and she's like, baby, Oh yeah. my God. Well, of course, Fraser misconstrues that as she is attracted to him. And it, it plays out the way it would play out on Frasier, on the old Frasier. Like, it, he has not lost a a bit of him playing Frasier. I think the, if the show has problems, it's the supporting cast, okay. you know? But yeah, yeah, yeah. That goes back to like, okay, well, you went from Cheers, one of the greatest ensemble casts of all time, to Frasier, one of the greatest ensemble casts of all time. Like you got lucky twice. I, you know, a third time, maybe you're just not going to get lucky. The kid that's playing Freddie, I think he's great. Okay. Uh, the, the, the girl with the baby, I think she's great. It, it's like, there's other players that have come into it. Um, specifically Niles's kid, um, and these people that he knows from Harvard uh, that just don't quite work as well, you know. Um, okay. But I still think it's incredibly charming. I, I laughed. Like I, I, I don't, I don't think it's any worse than anything else that's sitcommy on TV. I, I think maybe people just forgot what an actual sitcom is. Like, yeah, I mean, the like, office like, really isn't a sitcom. <laughs> no, it's not. Jesus fucking Christ, please, like, don't. I love the office. Think, not yeah. really a sitcom. No, it's not. Um, it, it's a like, like people don't understand what single camera and multi camera mean. Um, and like sitcoms are multi cam. Like they're literally night court. Like night court is like, like, like you know the reboot. Um. Which we, yeah. we, we like. I, I we think it's loved. very much in the vein of that. Like, okay. it's going to have ups and downs. Of course. Like, um, until it finds, if it finds its footing. Right. right? Like, um, 
it's weird because like I'm I'm interested, but I literally wanted to see what the what the Fraser heads had to say about it, right? Because to be perfectly honest, it's like I'm like I've got so much shit to we've got so yeah, much shit to watch. So much to watch. Yeah. Like, which is weird because we've just gone through months of strikes. And the yeah. actor strike is still going, and I'm like, I still have way too much stuff to watch. <laughs> um, no, no, absolutely. Um, and like, here's the like, for me, it's like, okay, so it would just be like a Cheers reboot. Like, if you don't bring Sam and some of these cast members back, like the real cast members. Yeah, like, yeah. if you're going to do it, you have to do it. Like, Frasier is, like, one of those things where it's, like, I know that they're trying to do something new, but the fact that that, that Niles and Daphne are not there. I mean, I think because, they'll show up at some point. But, for like, for so for me, it's, like, it's nice to see that, like, I know that Roz is going to be there, which is nice. And more importantly, like, Lilith is going to be there, which is, like, for me, I feel like Lilith is like like some of the glue, but it's also like in those last seasons, Niles and Daphne's relationship is was also part of the glue that held the, the Fraser the like that created new ruffles that were nice yeah. in the Fraser verse. Um, and I haven't I've got it like now like it's just kind of like making me think I was like Jesus I really do need to rewatch Fraser like it's been probably since. The DVDs came out like you know, like they got that DVD box set, and I bought it and rewatched it. I mean, it's what it's such a good show. It is, it is. It's just like a, it, it's like, it's like the staples, right? It's like, yeah, like Frasier, Seinfeld, Cheers. There are these certain like you know pillars of the pillars of the like sitcom world uh, that you just can't get away from, right? Um, and it's not a bad thing, but at the end of the day, like. I feel like, like I'm worried, but I will wait until like I start to see it start to formulate and see, and then I'll kind of go into it because, like you said, like like I said, like there's too much out, there's there's literally too much out there right now that I have that I can watch, um, and let this play out to see if it's if it's worth my time, um, especially because certain things that aren't there. I kind of want to be there, which, yeah. so like to be, to put a blunter point on this, I honestly feel like now if Frasier exists, I feel like with the exception of Woody being a uh, uh, Woody, not wanting to be on a cheers redo, I feel like we're going to probably get a, a cheers redo with Sam coming back to, to the cheers bar. Like, I mean, it would be, I, it would be kind of cool to see, something not yeah you know maybe not a full-on like you know four or five year series but something it might like be kind of nice a 10 like a 10 episode three season um uh three season like version of it because if you really think about it you can have like like you can have sam and diane come back you have, I mean, you have Rhea Perlman. I mean, she, I mean, she was great in Barbie, right? Like amazing yeah. in Barbie. Um, I mean, oddly enough, uh, 
Went is still around. Yeah. I mean, Went is still around. Uh, I mean, uh, like that to me is like the thing. I mean, and of course, Ratzenberger is still around. And you would feel like Norman Cliff would be like you can you can literally like have Frazier come around. Like I was thinking about you can have Frazier come around every once in a while, but you still have everybody still alive. The main people that would actually be at the Cheers bar, right? Like Sam buy it back. Um, and he's still married to Diane, still arguing with Diane. But then you have Norman and Cliff and Carla. Like those are the three people that you would figure that after 40 years, they'd still be at that fucking bar. Right. They'd still yeah. be at that bar because it's a Boston goddamn bar. And so like these dudes would still be talking about the same weird ass shit, but you add in the contextual thing of like, you know, 40 years, COVID and Trump. I mean, you could even say that that Woody, who whose character's name was Woody, like, you know, like you can make up whatever you want about that dude because he was so wildly wild. Right. Um, but, yeah, I feel like I feel like we have something like if this is successful, I could see a Cheers reboot because I mean. It's simple. It's easy. It's one set. I mean, it's literally one set. I mean, uh, and what, like, what, like, that would be a blockbuster, right? Like, other than maybe Seinfeld coming back, which never would happen. Jerry is so protective over I those mean, episodes. Yeah, but he recently said in an interview, somebody said something about a reunion. He was like, ah, something will happen. That was all he said was something will happen. Of course, people went nuts, but you know, of course, the, the last time they said something like that, it was that uh, pseudo reunion on Curb Your Enthusiasm, you know, yes. which was kind of funny. But yeah. uh, you know, I, 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 I mean, it, really, the only people not around anymore are Coach, who who died halfway through the run, and yeah. Kirstie Alley, who passed away last year. Um, so. You know, like everybody else, like if you're gonna do it, like yeah, kind of now's the time. Um, and yeah. if Fraser is successful enough, then yeah, a hundred percent, I could see them springboarding that into like, oh, let's do a, a little kind of cheers thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I I think if you like Cheers and you like Fraser, there's something to like here. Is it okay? No, it's not you know immediately brilliant but it's not not terrible like I, I just, like i said i think people have just forgotten what the hell a sitcom is you know this is yeah. you know it, it's it's like it's no worse than watching uh, you know the good episodes of like big bang theory or something like that you know <laughs> so uh, okay i mean like i i'm uh, i'll uh, i'll check it out i, I mean like I said, like it's it's a very kind of tenuous thing for me because yeah. like you know it, it you're fucking with one of the pillars, so yeah. it better be good. Like it's not it, it's it's not something that's forgotten. It's something that's still talked about. Like people yeah. consistently talk about this show. Um, you know, so we'll see. Like you know, definitely we will see. Like, um, but I'm I'm interested to say the least. I really am. Uh, so. All right. No, absolutely. The, the only other thing I watched was Loki episode two, and uh, I know you watched that too. 
Yeah, no, I did. Um, I let me see if I watched anything else. Um, well, I mean, I uh, so like <laughs> I can give some I can give some clarity now since they um, since it played con- the the two episode premiere played at Comic Con and something that I've been teasing the last couple of weeks, which is I'm I'm. I'm actually actively watching a Monarch Legacy of Monsters, the Apple TV uh, Godzilla series. Okay. And <clears throat> starring Kurt and Wyatt Russell. And I will tell you this much. I'm I'm still working on I'm gonna I'm gonna review the whole series. Um I've seen the first four out of the five that they've given me. I will say this much. If you're a Godzilla fan and you're looking for like like the like the meat and potatoes of it all like you know drama interpersonal relationships along with like the monsters fighting and it not just be about the monsters fighting like the last couple of like the last couple of movies have been man this is a fucking series for you man like this is like like this is like adventure like this is like adventure spy like current espionage adventure trails but done in two mo- like in multiple timelines because you have Wyatt Russell playing his father and Kurt Russell playing the older version of like you know like they're playing the younger older versions of themselves and yeah. I will fucking tell you it's some of the best dual level like parallel line acting that you'll see you like it's so weird to watch them together because like Wyatt Russell is his father. Like it's a different vibe. It's like the young man vibe, but he is definitely fit the physical embodiment of his dad. If he <clears throat> if he keeps on like this show is really like a it's a great like platform for both of them because like I don't like in the the modern era, I'm not sure if Russell really has gotten something that really, really taps into his 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 greatness. Other than the other than Bone Tomahawk, which is an amazing movie that if you've not seen, um, it's a wild Western horror film. More emphasis on the horror because of how gory it is, because it's dealing with chocolateites, cannibals. Um, but he's in it and he plays one of the leads and he's fucking fantastic. But everything else where he's played like the dad or the the villain or the co-star that is around family and I'm like, you know, all this bullshit. This is the best version of that thing that because it's written by like, okay, so like here's the big thing, and this is I think the thing that's gonna hook you. It's it's written and ran by Matt Fraction. Yeah. Or Matt Faction. Um and it is the most Matt Faction-y kind of story that you'll you'll ever get. Like it was almost like they were like, you know what, do something with Godzilla. And they and he was like, How about this? And they were like, Yes, I like that. I like even though there's not a lot of monsters in it, I like that a lot. The monsters you do have are great. Or, or the monster moments you have are great. And it really does feel like an old school um reinterpretation of it's what faction does like he does best he takes concepts that are 60s ish and gives them such a spin that they feel new and that's exactly what he's done here um it's fantastic and it's big budget and here's the best part logan the thing that i know is going to hook you it's not shot on the volume it's shot on location (laughs) yeah that's 
that's good to hear shot on location and i'm not talking like like little piddly things i'm talking like they're film it's filmed in in like glaciers on in new zealand it's in thailand in the jungles like it really does like there's no there's i'm not saying that there isn't set work but the the large component of being outside is outside and it, you feel the scale like like literally like 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 the new york comic-con audience that's going to see this on the big screen i'm actually really jealous of because those first two episodes they make sure that you understand the scale in which they're dealing with and how much money they're throwing at this because they're throwing a lot of money at this and it's beautiful and it's big and it's exciting and it's sad it's got all the things that you would want from a tv show um that's called monarch legacy of monsters i mean hell it even has a john Ca- a, a john goodman cameo oh that's cool yeah because i mean he was in kong uh, skull island yeah uh um so so yeah like um that's the one thing that i've been watching that i can now officially talk about because of the fact that um it it's premiered, premiered when there. does it premiere November seven, uh, November seventeenth. Okay. So okay. I'm like, it's a month away. Um, I'm already way ahead of it. I'll have finished it by the time it premieres, and I'll have my review up for the site at that time. Do you um, know if they're dropping it all at once, or are they doing like no? They're uh, going to the, the they're going to do the first two, which is basically a two hour premiere, and then after that, it's a week at a time. Um, okay. it's ten, and it's ten episodes. Okay. Cool. So, um, so yeah, yeah i've been looking forward to it. it's been a while since i enjoyed like i enjoyed that first like uh reboot that godzilla the from, godzilla yeah from a few years yeah. ago but like after that i really couldn't get into to it again i was like yeah you know the movie was kind of fun to see on the big screen but like mm-hmm. I, I just i couldn't get hyped up for any of the other stuff uh so uh, maybe seeing episodic uh i'll uh I'll appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Kurt Russell, I'm always down to watch anything with Kurt Russell. So as you, as everybody should, uh, because it is quite brilliant. So, um, um Loki episode. Two. Yes. I, I need to go back and rewatch this because I felt really confused in this episode. I, I felt like I started in the middle of something. <laughs> um, I, I want to go back and rewatch at least the, the back half of the first episode as well. Because okay. I, I guess maybe I didn't fully understand that there were two different versions of like, or, or two different plans uh, of mm-hmm. people still wanting to prune the timeline and people still are in the people tracking down um what's her name oh yes um sylvie yeah sylvie uh i so i was like what the hell is going on who are they chasing after <laughs> what is happening <laughs> so for yeah, like the first so- 10 minutes of the episode i was so confused <laughs> <laughs> okay okay um Hold on a second. Um, uh, so uh, I was just bringing something up so that I could actually talk about the characters meaningfully. Um, uh, so 
the last part of the first episode doesn't really give you the explanation explanation but when you see x5 walking past all of those people with like those are the people that eventually um that eventually are going through and bombing the timeline and erasing it right right um i uh, uh um and so and then at that point that's where X5 gets the idea of I'm going to go on the prime timeline and just take over my, 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 uh, like, you know, take, like, I guess it's where like both that idea germinated and the fact that he was supposed to be going after Sylvie. And then he was like, Oh wait, no, I'm I'm gonna just make my own life (laughs) because he got double crossed by his boss because his boss was doing basically like she, like it was weird because like, it almost feels like she double crossed everybody and right um uh because she basically sent him to die because if you right. think about it she was cr- she was pruning all the timelines and he specifically went after her but that was all subterfuge from the meeting right like the meeting that they all had like all the heads of the TVA minus uh, uh minus um Renslayer who's like you know basically fugitive uh, fugitive number one and their whole thing of like yes let's go ahead and find sylvie and she was just like fuck that i'm gonna prune the timeline i don't give a shit about you guys um yeah. but then like you know there's all these ulterior motives going on it's interesting because it's it's very 70s who-ish with the timey-wimey stuff but it's also very much a like a hardcore like this year feels like a police procedural in a way that I yeah. wasn't expecting. I agree. Um, it's yeah, it's interesting. It's yeah, and not as quantum leapy as I thought it was going to be. No, not at all. And here's the weird part: is like me and uh, Christine and my wife were talking about this, and. Like, the acting level in this show is so, like, it's deceptively amazing. Because it's, I say deceptive because your first inclination is to think, oh, yeah, no, 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 it's Marvel and stuff. Like, like if you're not inclined. But if you really look at what they're doing, like, especially during uh, the interrogation Hiddleston's, scene. Yeah, I was about to say, that interrogation scene, even though I knew it was all setup it's still so good like just they're they're just so incredibly watchable like i knew it was a game i knew they were fucking with him yes you you know that but it's so good like like owen wilson is Mm -hmm. such a it's such a mercurial part. Like you can't put him in a box, right? Like, like he's found a way to make Morbius everything and nothing. And, but the big piece here, the thing that I was genuinely surprised at is Raphael Cassell himself as X5. Like that interrogation scene does not work unless you have somebody who can match both that, both Hiddleston and, and Wilson Yep. Tone for tone and foot for foot. And to watch him do that, 
Like, first, I mean, it, it's great to watch him play like a 70s pompous actor. Like, like, you know, with, within those moments where he's playing Zaniac, like where he's got, like, yeah. it's very kind of like, it's great to watch him run away and do all that stuff. But then the interrogation of him and them having to play that, that, like, that game with him is so fucking good. Like, it's the best part. Of, like, for me, that was the best part of the, of the show was this, the centralized thing and then getting what I find interesting is, is that I didn't mind that we haven't gotten full on Syl uh, uh, Sylvie yet, even though we have gotten a lot of her. I'm finding the world and the corners in which they're building this world super interesting. Yeah. Like the people that they're choosing, the way that the performers that they're they're getting to be involved in this in this particular in the TVA stuff is so interesting whereas like last year was kind of twee like the last season was kind of twee for me it was like oh okay like it's cute it's interesting production design but it hasn't hooked me this has hooked me like all of this stuff at the tva i'm not i'm not too worried like we're gonna eventually get to to Kang, we're eventually going to get to Sylvie. We're eventually going to get to the bigger timey wimey stuff and the shifting of the multiverse. But right now, what they're doing, building this stuff, building the team, building the world so that I can care about them, I'm all for. Like, I love the fact that they're probably going to hurt us pretty badly with all these people that we're getting to know. And actually, so for me, the big difference between last year and this year is that I only liked one person last year, which was Morbius. And I was like, kind of like flexing in and out. Going, oh. I mean, like I, I like the show and I like the visuals, but there's no characters to latch onto because Loki was Loki, right? They've officially gotten it to the point where Loki is no longer Loki and he's somebody different now, but they're also making everybody so kind of like, yeah. Howard Hoxian likable. Like, do you know what I mean by like that? Like, yeah, I mean, like we, Eugene, we love Howard. Eugene Cadero, who plays yes. um, Casey. Um, yes. Like, he was, so, it seemed like such a, like, offhanded thing in the first season. Where it's just like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. I've seen him in a few things. But they're, they're not using him for much this season. But the way they're using him is making him so endearing that like now I'm at a point where I'm like, if something happens to this idiot, I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> yes. No, absolutely. Like I'm, I, I have a vested interest in, in him and uh, Keaton Kwan's character. I mean, <laughs> when he was whispering and it's like, why are we, why, why are we with these? Like, it's the secret plan. Just like, <laughs> Renslayer is like fugitive number one. Like it's not a secret plan. <laughs> like why yeah. are we whispering about this? Uh, he <laughs> is so funny, man. I mean, I've always thought that dude was funny. He, I know he's uh, more recently been wrapped up with the Broken Wizard guys, and uh, yes, like they they utilize him very very well. Um, but I think this show is doing a really really good job. Um, I like, I like the stuff towards the end. I, I like, you know, 
them confronting Sylvie and then like realizing that it was like some kind of trap all along. Like it just mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Um, I thought it was really, really interesting. I I I didn't know what to really make of the way it ended with like her just on the car and like, yeah, I'll be here for my shift tomorrow. Um it is very, very strange. It really was. Um and it's almost like we're not getting a piece that we really should be getting that we we will get later that will make sense of that line, right? Like, I don't... Yeah. I'm not 100% certain what that means, but I know that it means something more than just beyond... Um, uh, more than just beyond the whole, oh, okay, well, I'll see you next week or I'll see you tomorrow. Um, it, it like, and like the one thing that I wanted to talk about, about her, 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 her place. I mean, you are absolutely 100% right, right? Like, you were, you were right about the whole thing of like where she was located and what this, it's, it seems at least like where she is and what this all means. And like you know, like for new uh, what was it? New um, new Asgard. Place? New Asgard, exactly. Yeah. Um, um I, I'm real. Yeah, I, I'm gonna be really, really interested to see how all of that, if it plays out, anything remotely like we talked about last time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but yeah, I, I thought it was a good second episode i'd like i said i just need to go back and rewatch it because like opening on those action beats had me it had me so sideways for a minute where i was like yeah where are we what are we doing you know like Mm because they never really stop to go back and catch you up which i can appreciate it it just it kind of threw me off guard because you know, generally, you're used to shows kind of doing that exposition thing. And mm-hmm. Loki, you know, season two so far has done a good job of not doing that. Like, I talked about this. One of the things I loved about the premiere was that they never stop and hold your hand and explain to you how Loki understood that he was... uh jumping through time or anything mm-hmm. like that. They kind of just let you figure it out yourself. And here I am going like, I was so lost in this episode. Um, but it, it's mostly just because that's just, it's not something I'm used to. Um, like, and I know when I go back and rewatch it, I'm going to be like, Oh, okay. Like I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I know the beats now. I know like why we're here, what I'm looking for. Um, I, I appreciate it that it, it rewards repeat viewings rather than feeling like something I have to slog through again because I'm going to mm-hmm. podcast about it, you know? Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. I I feel like that ultimately is what I love about the show is that there's so many layers that I'm not getting because they play, like, the thing that I, I, I appreciate is that they've gotten, for the most part, very nimble like performers because the dialogue comes so quick and fast and it's so obtuse sometimes like you don't understand it though it feels like i'm going to get it eventually i just don't get it right now 
um, that I kind of love. Like, like I like the like my favorite moment from the show is like other than the the interrogation is when Cordero finds out that Ouroboro like like meets Ouroboros for the first time and then realizes that he's the he's the writer of the manual and he's the only person that has ever read that fucking manual. Yeah. Right? Because because like the joke is is that that Loki and Morbius are trying to like look at the look look at um X5's um little pocket thing, the pocket calculator, uh the time jumper, and they cannot figure out what the hell he did, even though the the instructions are like are in there to fix it, to know to to reset it so that you can find out what's in there. Um it's those kinds of little pieces of business that come so quickly, but they're done. There's a really bad version of that, and this is not it. This is very much the good version of it because it feels like it's important even though it's not important, um, even though it is. And it's just kind of like it's those little moments that they they get right that – I feel like they understood enough about what made the first season work and then they then they doubled down on what was good and they left some of the stuff that was at least in these first two episodes left some of the stuff that maybe wasn't the best fit for the show, right? Like as soon as they got like and this is something that's scary for me is that I feel like what works well is the team right like that like yep. th- the way that they interact and not the sylvie loki stuff which is so, to me it's fun but it's kind of gross because i like as will like as morbius and everybody uh, talks about in this episode yeah it's kind of gross that you're in love with yourself yeah like you know your own version of yourself like that's the least interesting thing even though fandom has dubbed that like the thing about Loki season one, right? I'm like, no, it's the worst possible thing that you could possibly do. Even though Sylvie is a great character, you don't need to saddle both of them with this relationship, even though we know we're going to have to deal with it. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where they go. And especially with supposedly King has not been cut from the the episodes. Like they didn't, like we just haven't seen him yet and we haven't and there's at least a good reason for it which is is that they don't want to deal with him because like you know a he's dead at least they think and hiddleston hiddleston's loki does a great job of confusing everything and he like and making it sound like the gibberish of a madman that he is coming there are multiple versions of him. Like Morbius yep. just going, what are you talking about? You're, yeah. you're, you're insane. Um, it, it, it makes it nice that you don't have to deal with him right away. Right. Like you can set the table up for other things. Um, it's interesting though. Like I, I'm very, um, I'm very intrigued by the show because yeah. it keeps on giving you this stuff that maybe you don't necessarily think it, is what you want. And it's, I mean, not for nothing. I mean, it oh. sounds like the the bare minimum a show like this could do. It's mm-hmm. staying on the tracks. It's not derailing. It's yes. not losing interest. It's not losing steam. It's not like just at this point, a Marvel show just being able 
two episodes in to not feel like, oh shit, this is going to be a slog is a win. <laughs> yes. So. No, it's a huge, it is a huge win. Like I, yeah, like, it, but also like to be able to do it with this confusing of a show. Yeah. Because like, I, like I try to like comp it to thing. And the only thing I can comp it to is the work of Justin Moorhead and Aaron, um, um, like uh, Benson and Moorhead, right? Yeah. Like who are the directors, but also like it's Doctor Who. Like they're yeah. literally, it's literally Doctor Who, but with a with an added pop of like, <laughs> uh, Law and Order, um, multi timeline SVU. <laughs> yeah. Like like it's the only thing I can explain it, but but done with the same sort of huge, huge, huge like intelligence that a show like that would be or or is right like you don't get that you don't normally get that um that whole crime interrogation thing um, the whole crime interrogation thing with x5 in any other marvel show like or not not any marvel show but there's just any any like show that's attempting to do this that would be like say a dc show like, I mean, Legends of Tomorrow is, I think, the comp here. And Legends of Tomorrow does not feel anything like Loki. No. And Loki doesn't feel anything like that. I mean, that's like the, that's what you expect from DC. And I'm going to say something really, really weird, but I didn't expect that from Marvel. I don't, ex- I didn't expect Loki season two from Marvel. Like, yeah. does that make sense? No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um yeah, it, it's been an absolute pleasant surprise. Um, much in the same way that at least the beginning of Ahsoka was for me. I don't <laughs> yes. don't love how it ended, but um, you know, but it, that's mostly because it's not really an end. Um, yeah, it, it it's been a pleasant surprise considering, like for the most part, the last few Marvel efforts. I, I've just really fallen short for me like outside of mm-hmm. the guardians movie um it, it's been a rough uh since since the end of hawkeye and uh the third tom holland movie it i feel like it's been yeah, a really no, rough go for for me and marvel where i'm like i love this stuff but you guys are making it really difficult for me to love this stuff <laughs> <laughs> it really is like it really yeah they really do um you know because i don't know man it, it, it's it's rough because it's like the originality isn't there yeah. like i think that 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 to me ultimately is what's what's really kind of hampering everything for me is that there's just not there's not enough there, there's not enough hard work there. Like, I know that sounds terrible, but it really is. It's like Loki season two, like Loki season one, like WandaVision. I don't know where it's headed. I kind of yeah. have an idea, but it's so off. It's it, it's shaking you off your balance that in the best way, not in like a pejorative, like we're going to do it for ratings way but like in a genuine 
we have something special for you. We're smarter than you. And we know that you're smarter. We're, we're smarter than you. And we're going to do that. Um, it's so like, this leads to a side conversation about like, cause I've been trying to figure out why I didn't love Hawkeye in the way that many people did. And it went back to like, you know, not having Yelena, uh, Elena in it, but also I expect, okay. So my expectations were not met and I know that that's not a thing, but here's the thing. When you do Hawkeye and you set it at Christmas and you make it a, um, you make it a, a tenuous buddy cop, basically like a, like a buddy action thing or a mentor mentee thing. I instantly go to one particular person and it's a Christmas time. It's a Shane Black thing. And if yeah. you don't give me Shane Black, which you didn't, then of course I'm going to be unreservedly disappointed because not because you didn't give me Shane Black, but you weren't as smart as Shane Black was. And it's not like you couldn't have gotten Shane Black. I mean, even that faction's version of Hawkeye is basically a Shane Black iteration, right? And it's got all the smartness of that. And it just doesn't feel like that. And I think that that's ultimately where I come down on this stuff is, is that they pride themselves on being smart and making smart decisions. And recently, like you said, with the exception of Guardians and a few other things, just doesn't feel smart. And yeah. I, I don't know how you repair that. Do you like, is it hobbled by all of the executives that think that they know better because they were involved from the beginning? Even though, again, it goes back to the creatives, like we were saying earlier in the podcast. It's like, you know, Michael Eisner, you're not the reason why this works. It's because of everybody else that's underneath you that it works. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, it, it, it's a it's a very interesting thing that kind of like allowed me to be allowed like it gave me a a sense of understanding of what i like about marvel and what i don't like about marvel um which you know i, I never thought that we would be saying stuff like this like at the like at the at the prime of of this like during like you know uh, during the guardians 2 phase right where we were getting to the point, oh, like, or is it Guardians is phase three, where we were really cooking with gas and we were getting to the point to where we were getting to Infinity War. I never thought that we would have to go back and look back at things and go, okay, you guys kind of, you kind of mushed, mucked it up. I, I'm not going to say they fucked up because fucked up is what DC does. Um, this is just kind of like a slight weird muddling of the waters, but why? And I think more to your point, which you've always, like you said, they, they've diluted it, right? Like it, there's just too much and maybe they need to roll back a little bit and not give us so much. Like, you know, three movies are not necessary in a year, maybe one movie and one TV show a year to get back yep. to basics. Yep. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for the future of Marvel with Loki and, I mean, the Marvel still looks fun. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, hopefully we get to end the year on high notes um, with all our various geek 
things. <laughs> I really hope so, dude. Like, I really do. But there's also a part of me that feels like if it doesn't, I'm okay because maybe that's what we need. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. maybe, I don't know. Um, I mean, at least Loki, I feel like they're going to land the ending. Like, like whether or not it's the ending that somebody wants um, or what we want, uh, that's one thing. Like, yeah. you know, but I honestly feel like they are going to land. They're going to stick whatever ending they have. Um, I just don't think it's going to be what people want, which I feel like people want this like grand romance with with Loki and Sylvie, which I absolutely hope that they don't get. I hope that Sylvie becomes a true villain. Like, that's the thing is that I feel like like that's where that's where this show has to go. Like, yeah. like it has to go because Sylvie DiMartino is so fucking good. You can't have it be that she doesn't become what Loki was pre Avengers. Right. Like, like the trick is, is that you give her, you make her as strong a villain as, as uh, like, as Loki was before. And she comes into, she comes into phase five swinging in a way that I don't think that we really like, like she becomes to Kang like or like the Kangs as to what Loki was initially to Thanos right yeah like at least that's in my view I don't know maybe I'm wrong but uh yeah no, I, I don't mean, think so um yeah uh I don't know because we're still waiting on a lot of personal stuff to play out yes so. we are Unfortunately, uh, we really are. Um, you know, spe specifically with Kang. With, we're also getting know, werewolf, werewolf by Night in color later this month. Yes. So that'll, yeah. that'll be pretty interesting. Um, yep. I'm, uh, I'm excited for that. So. Yeah, which they which they actually colored in the like in the manner in which they used to color things. Right. Um, right. which it's is not just like oh we we just used the actual footage. <laughs> uh, yeah. they, they went back and actually colored the footage. Um, I, yeah, it, it's gonna be pretty interesting. So, um, I I honestly do not know what I'm gonna be doing watching for the next week. Um, I I know I want to get caught up on Gen V and. Daryl Dixon, which I, I don't know if you saw the news, but it's official that um, Melissa McBride is joining the cast for next season. <laughs> we knew that was going to happen. Uh, Come yeah. on, let's be honest. I mean, we talked about it. I was like, I think she <laughs> yeah. just wanted some time off and didn't want to go shoot in London like immediately mm -hmm. after having been in Georgia for all this time. And yeah, sure enough, it's just like, Oh, I, I, I'm guessing she shows up in the season finale and it's just like, oh, yep. Carol's next next year. <laughs> Carol's part of the yep. cast. <laughs> so which, which makes sense. I mean, if you really think about like, it's funny to me because I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? Who misses an opportunity to film in Europe all around Europe? And it's somebody that needs to figure out how like figure out her life before she takes yeah. on what could be a three to five year journey where primarily you're spending time in yep. Europe. Right. Yep. Um, 
And also, so, like, I can I can only imagine it. That's a tough. It's a tough ask and a tough move. But you know, also, how much you want to bet Daryl? Uh, how much you want to bet Norman Reedus was like, we need to pay her. We yeah. need to pay her. Yeah, just whatever. Pay her. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Come on. This doesn't work without her. Like this is like a two for even though you think that I'm the person that does it alone, right? Yeah. Um. It's just not the case, right? It's just not. Um, he's I'm not... going to try to get Sorry I didn't mean to cut you No 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 no. it's okay go ahead I'm also going to try to get around to watching some uh, Fall of the House I was sure I wanted to do it This week I just uh, I just couldn't do it Also Doom Patrol is back And I, I haven't yes. had a chance to watch the, the episodes So you know it's the final Hurrah mm-hmm. for Doom Patrol So um, I, I think my whole goal this week is to catch up on all the shows um you know and somewhat invested in and completely behind on um <laughs> including uh the walking dead and uh gen oh. v and okay. uh also i know i keep saying it Uh-oh. everybody right. needs to be watching welcome to rexham <laughs> <laughs> I've I I've I've it's only so uh, completed the first fucking good. <laughs> um, I've only completed like as you know I've only completed the first season, but I'm I am going to get up on that. I, I really am. I'm not just saying it to say it. I do really want to watch it, um, especially everything that I've seen about this season. Like it definitely makes me want to go. Oh yeah, I want to. I want more. Of it. I definitely want this. So. It might be the best show on television, or, or oh, the shit. best show That's streaming right now. Okay. All so, right. So it, it's it's all amazing. Right. So uh, um, okay. All right, go check out everything else we're doing over at xwingfiles.com, um, including Marvel Fanfire Fanfare, where we're talking about Loki. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> Ted, we're we're breezing through the final season of Ted Lasso on that podcast. Eventually, we're gonna wrap up Ahsoka. I don't know. My co-hosts are just in the wind. I'm like, guys, <laughs> I what? guess they're like me. They didn't really like the finale, and so I oh. can't get them excited to talk about it. <laughs> oh, come on, dude! Come on, Liz, Jacob, what are you guys doing? Come on, like. You need to at least talk like talk about it. Come yeah, that's, like, uh, come on. I, um, I, hopefully, we'll get to that uh, next week as well. Uh, Jacob's on vacation this week, so. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and then you can check out uh, all of Adam's stuff over at his website. Yes, themovieout.com. Um, I've got a bunch. I we've got a bunch of stuff there right now. Um, uh. So Logan's last uh, last moving pictures about the crow is up and running. Which I think it is. I think that's the one that we have, right? Or is it? No, no. The crow is this coming. week. Is, is this week? Yes. Yeah. The, the crow is the twentieth. Um, which, uh, just so that you know, both of them are done. Um, both that one and Man of Fire. Um, so I think we got to mark off some time to talk about Man on Fire. Because I did a rewatch of it, and holy shit, 
good lord um and then you're i mean you're just right on about about everything that you said with uh with it with your your episode or with your um review of it i just i just want to talk man on fire um i think that there's enough not going on that we could actually talk about a, like a close to 20 it's going to be 20 next year um yeah and one one of tony scott's greatest films um because man uh yeah that's a staggering piece of work like rewatching it i'm like damn yeah damn it's like, incredible man like when i re- i was like i forgot how good this is how well made it is. like it he is literally at the top of his game making that movie. yeah there's yeah. not not a false note in it, it it's perfect no absolutely 150 percent. and like like you often wonder like like i like i honestly like every time i watch a tony movie i honestly think it's like man if tony was alive to make top gun maverick how much would like how great of a even if it was his last film right how much of a swan song it would have been because i feel like kaczynski like it's like you know it's a great well, you movie. know it was in the works when he when he when killed himself yeah. yeah yeah like it was like before he like you know committed like before he uh, committed suicide um yeah like it was he was supposed to be the director and then i think it was before they got to Kaczynski, it went to, um, they asked, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Joe, um, damn it. Uh, um, the guy who did smoking aces. Oh yeah. Um, Carnahan. Carnahan. They, they went to Carnahan because he was such a, he was like, he was so close to, to Tony and he couldn't do it because it was just like, I mean, Tony was his mentor. So, I mean, from everything I heard, it broke him because I mean, I mean, you know, it, I mean, I couldn't even imagine. Could you imagine having Tony Scott as a, as a, as a fucking mentor? I mean, that would just be wild. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's one of those things that I feel like we could have a side conversation about Tony Tony Scott, which I mean, you know, I, I've I've always been on the books that I'll every couple of months I'll I'll just post on tw- uh, Twitter or or some social media that I miss Tony Scott and his movies, like his style of movies, um, because it's the truth and. There's a world I feel like where he does the equalizer. Like it's not Fuqua, even though I love I love Antoine Fuqua, but I feel like the equalizer would have been a Tony Scott film and would have probably been a little bit better for it if they had had Tony Scott. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I completely agree. So so yeah, no, um, but we will like that's something to look forward to in the next couple of weeks because that's right. post that's post uh, that's post post Halloween. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you get to like, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out what, uh, what we're talking about next week. But then, like I said, yeah, uh, movieall.com just to get back on track. And also um, Marie's back. She's back writing. Uh, she got a bunch of reviews in from the London Film Festival. So go ahead Sweet. and check that that out. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll we'll be back next week. Yeah, talking. Uh, I mean, hell, it might wind up being a two-hour discussion about Tony Scott. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. Cool. Uh, um, so we'll see you guys then. Number one Star Wars, number two comics, number three Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, number four Mario, number five Weird Al, number six Batman, number seven Cal, number eight Simpsons, number nine TV, number ten every single band that I stole all their MP3s, but they're really all sold out. Get all together, if you with me now.